Hi, we're your hosts, Larae Spindler and Lori Subat, and we're commercial real estate brokers with Scout Real Estate in Calgary. And you're listening to Leasing Out Loud. You're listening to Leasing Out Loud with your hosts, Larae Spindler and Lori Suba. Episode 37. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Excited to be here. So this episode, Larae and I were chatting. We thought it would be good to talk about some ideas and tips Mm -hmm. and tricks that we can share with our landlord leasing friends and our sub-landlord leasing friends Mm -hmm. on ways that they can streamline the process and realize success with their lease or sublease process. Absolutely. We want to help give some information so that you can set yourself up for success. Amazing. And there are a lot of listings. Now, if we're talking on the office side, especially, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of listings and competition that groups are going up against. Yes. But we know, having worked on the landlord side, the listing side, we know certain little things that you can do as a landlord or sub-landlord mm-hmm. that can make all the difference in the world. Yes. We'll talk office right. and industrial. There's some common themes here. Totally. So They're holders of assets <laughs> and with similar sorts of things that yes. you can improve upon. Certainly, there's a lot of similarity between office and industrial on the listing side. So maybe let's start. We'll talk about the office side for okay. a second. And we'll assume we're talking to one of our landlord leasing friends. Mm-hmm. And they have a space in a building. Maybe they have multiple spaces in a building. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that they can do to accelerate leasing in that property? I can tell you the number one thing (laughs) that you can do is to have move-in ready, clean premises for lease. Yes. And I can share with you that when we are touring with our tenants in the market and we take a tenant through space that's tired, dated, sometimes dirty. Dirty. Sometimes mm-hmm. dirty, sometimes cluttered with, you know, equipment storage, things like that. Mm-hmm. It really can turn them off. And so a lot of tenants don't often leave themselves enough time. And so they view that space that is tired or dated, that needs work, they view that as something that's not achievable right. within their time frame. And especially if a company is out there looking for maybe not long-term space, totally. they don't want the time and process and investment to make a lot of changes to a space or they're not really interested in that kind of a lease. There's fewer of those groups out there. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, it was very much, you know, here's your tenant allowance. Tenant, you manage the construction and the build out. You take on the risk of the timing with the GCs and keeping everything Mm -hmm. within budget. I can share from an office perspective, that is not a thing. So tenants do not generally, there certainly are exceptions, but generally tenants do not want to get into the game of managing a build-out, a construction Mm -hmm. build-out, when quite simply that's not their business. They don't do it day in and day out, whereas landlords are much more aware of what goes into, you know, a build-out process and have contacts and connections to do the work. Especially through... COVID and this pandemic, right? You know, they've got a lot of other things on their plate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely lots of things on their plate. Yeah. And so I can tell you having move-in ready space, mm-hmm. having landlord turnkey packages, I would encourage our landlord friends to have at a minimum a show suite or a show suite program underway Yeah. that the broker or the landlord can take a tenant through the space that's been show suited to show them what's available, potentially lease that, and then move on to the next show suite. 
that's a big thing. I don't know what you see on the industrial side, Larray, for that. One quick question is on no, furnished. Sure. Yeah. Like furnished versus not yeah. furnished. On the office side, furnished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, furnished. As long as it's not like falling apart furniture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that goes into the kind of the junky space category that's not so great. It needs to be somewhat presentable. But I would say a lot of groups like what we call plug and play mm-hmm. space. Yeah. So space that they could literally turn the key, walk in. The space looks great. They don't have to fuss with furniture. Yeah. They don't have to fuss with the build out or paint or carpet or refresh. Fresh, they mm-hmm. literally can move in and start working. Yeah. And it makes it simple and easy, right? For yeah. a, a group coming in. So that is very much a thing. Yeah. Well, for industrial, typically, if there's office build out, there wouldn't be any furniture left, or that right. would be more atypical or less common mm-hmm. in the market. But one that has often come up is racking in the warehouse. Oh, right. Yeah. Because often that's very customized yep. to a warehouse, depending on the column widths and the ceiling heights. And so same kind of ideas. Racking is very expensive to move out. Mm-hmm. And there's often not the value to spend the money mm-hmm. to relocate it somewhere else. Right. So if another group coming in can make use of the racking, some see no value in it. Mm-hmm. Some it's quite convenient and they might take it. So that's one that can stay with space if and a new tenant asset. can use it. Yeah. Yeah. And be an yeah. asset. Okay. Well, that's yeah. great. So there's sort of the space and mm-hmm. it's move-in ready. It looks good. It's ready to go. And then there's this whole concept around responsiveness. And this is what I yes. would urge my landlord listing friends to consider being responsive is so mm. critical. So being able to get back to a tenant that's expressed interest, being proactive and submitting a proposal, if there's a group that seems to be circling, yeah. super smart. Yeah. When you're competing in a sea of options, you want to take that next step. It's just like a job interview, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to work with somebody that is showing a genuine interest in working with your organization. Tenants want to lease with somebody that's showing a genuine interest in their tenancy. Absolutely. Right? So same sort of an idea. And I think that responsiveness, I know it's hard in COVID. (laughs) I know some of our landlord contexts are stretched thin in terms of just the workload. But I do think if there's one thing to think about, it's like responsiveness Mm -hmm. is really important. And one thing that can tie into the responsiveness on the industrial side would be, for example, do you have space... Obviously, white boxing it is great. Mm-hmm. You know, get some of those pre-leasing improvements done. But say you have a drive-in bay, mm-hmm. but there's no makeup air. Not that you need to put makeup air in as a pre-leasing, but if you've got relationships with contractors, get an estimate done, mm-hmm. right? To just see what the lead-up time might be on mm-hmm. getting a makeup air unit. What kind of cost are you looking at? Because it's very dependent on the square footage and the CFMs mm-hmm. running through the space. So. Maybe just get some of that pricing ahead of time. Then you can be quicker in your responses on offers. Like you can't predict or guess what every potential tenant is going to need. Mm -hmm. But there are some common ones that come up pretty frequently. And depending on the actual industrial building you have Mm -hmm. and loading plays a big factor. So some of that you can be proactive on. And that helps you to know, okay, this cost... Would we spend that for someone? Would we defer to them? But either way, it can help you give some pretty quick clarity on deal terms. Mm-hmm. That's another piece is you want to be able to respond quickly and just mm-hmm. communicate in the market right. where deals can get done. Right. And we've talked about this in the past. That's a great lead in, Larray, because we've talked about when you're in an, a world of uncertainty, mm-hmm. having certainty in terms of what your ask is also very helpful. So one of the beefs that we hear time and again from our tenant clients, 
they don't love this whole, like, it's market. What does yes. market mean? And it changes. And right. they have a hard time with this concept of just it's market. So I think the more clear you can be and transparent in terms of what your ask is, and I know that's hard sometimes when there's uncertainty around pricing, like your point, Larea, about having to factor in yeah. makeup air. But I would, speaking to my office landlord contacts, I would say, you already know <laughs> that doing the carpet, doing the paint, doing some of the basic stuff, right? that's not a premium rent that you're going to be able to achieve No, doing those things. That's just like the price of entry. That's going to get you on the list for tours. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's totally the price of entry. So you know what that is. You have an idea of what that cost is. Have some transparency and clarity with the broker, with mm-hmm. the tenant about where you'd like to see a deal. Yeah. And like how you can structure it. Because I can tell you, there are certain landlords that are very clear. I can sell internally a structure with this rent, with this sort of inducement, turnkeyed in this time frame. Yes. And when they're clear and transparent, you get to a deal that much faster. Yeah. It sends another message too, I think, for mm-hmm. just tenants on the receiving end when they're getting that information. Right. They respond well to that, right? That mm-hmm. just shows that they know what they're doing in the right. background. I think it communicates that. Right. Professionalism. Yes. They want their tenancy. They're yeah. engaged in the negotiation process. Yeah. They can clearly articulate what they expect or what's sellable on mm-hmm. their end. And it makes it so much better. Yeah. And on industrial, there's more variety in terms of like what a tenant might need, like, you know, mm-hmm. work done to the space. But you could still look at some general terms, right. run some numbers and say, okay, for five years that has a $5 square foot allowance, just right. something right. to have, this is where we need to be on rate. Just some general terms mm-hmm. even just helps give clarity. Mm-hmm. And I think also be prepared to be creative. So mm-hmm. this again, maybe more of an office thing versus an industrial thing, but be prepared to be creative in terms of your deal structure. So that means Sometimes getting outside of your comfort zone in terms of how much free rent you're prepared to pay, how you structure that free rent, you know, maybe it is dispersed throughout the term. Can you provide and source furniture? I know of lots of landlords right now that will do that. They will say, okay, I will go and secure the furniture. You don't have to worry about that. So getting creative and thinking outside of the box and not getting hung up necessarily, and this is how we do, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> will help you to realize success, yeah, I think. Absolutely. So now let's switch gears to talk about our sub-landlord friends, because on the office market, yeah. we see this more often than on the industrial side, where the office market, they may have outgrown their space, or more likely these days, they don't have a need for all of the space that they're occupying, right? right. And so mm-hmm. they may be looking for an opportunity to reduce their footprint, possibly to relocate to smaller space and offload the remaining term or sublease the remaining term to a potential subtenant. Yeah, recoup costs as much as they can. Right, as much as they can. So thinking about the sub-landlord, I think it's a similar sort of an idea. Again, nobody wants to move into a messy house, Yeah. right? So if you are trying to sublease your space, just I've seen a lot of dead plants like, (laughs) or, you know, sinks that have not been cleaned and been maintained with people being away. It doesn't show great. Just like when you walk into a home that's not properly cared for or that looks cluttered, you know, you're less inclined to be attracted to that particular house versus one that is staged and looks professional and it's move-in ready, right? And it could be 
two plants in the whole space, you're going to notice those (laughs) and that's going to stay with them. Yeah. And it comes up every time, you know, and you'd be surprised how many dead plants there are at Luray, but there's a lot. Just water them. No, just kidding. Or toss them. Or toss them. But yeah, the dead plants, it just shows that Maybe you're not necessarily focused on that. It doesn't make it look nice or feel nice in yeah. there when you see dead plants. Yeah. The other one that I would recommend you remove, remove people's names from the office doors. So oftentimes there will be a name plate and there's somebody's yeah. name either on the door of the office or on the workstation. Yes. That's kind of like a little bit of psychological torture for people, I can tell you, because mm-hmm. it feels a bit apocalyptic when you walk into a space right. and you can see somebody's name. So there were people there that are no longer there. Generally, like psychologically speaking, a lot of people will comment on that on tour. They'll say, gee, there's a lot of people that don't have their job anymore or they've downsized, right? And so, and it could have even been a good news story. It could have been. (laughs) It could have been growing. (laughs) It could have been. But like you said, psychologically... Yeah. Yeah. They're going to identify with that person. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And they feel bad. And you don't want when people are touring through your space to feel bad. No. So they feel bad when they see dead plants. Neutral. Yes. They feel bad when they see clutter everywhere. They feel bad when they see people's names and there's no longer people there. Yes. So those are just some tips on sort of staging that can make a big difference. And, you know, one other thing would be ease of access for tours because we get a whole mix. Sometimes we have a full week's notice of when someone wants to get in a space and tour. Right. But there's a lot of short notice yeah. tours these days. Yeah. And you might have someone that's occupying space, mm-hmm. right, and needs to be there to tour. Mm-hmm. And you ideally can give a bunch of notice. But if you can accommodate short notice tours or... So not on the industrial side, but on office, Lori, because some buildings are locked. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you can accommodate during the day, right. that's great, right? Yeah. And certainly we always on the subtenant side or tenant side try to encourage like obviously during business hours because we are respectful of your time as landlord and sub-landlord and not wanting people to come after hours. But yeah, I think you nailed it, Larry. I think if you can accommodate and be nimble in terms of responsiveness on tours, it can make a big difference for sure. Well, you talked about furniture for lease listings. Yes. Oftentimes sub-landlords will have furniture in the space. My only caution for our sub-landlords, a lot of people in the market, they know how much office furniture is out in the market. So I talked about price of entry. Mm -hmm. Same sort of goes for furniture. So I've had groups that have said, you know what, I want to recover what I paid for the furniture. Mm. No. And in fact, it can really turn people off because they feel that they're sort of being taken advantage of because they know that there's so much supply in the market. And they like the furniture, they like the plug and play aspect of it, but geez, you're going to ding me on this furniture and I have to pay almost full value for it. Like that's, that's not a thing. So we have had that before and it sometimes can leave a little bit of a bad taste. So I would encourage you when you're thinking about the recovery that you want to achieve, factor in whatever you're thinking for the furniture, but don't separate that furniture piece out as a cost. Quote a rent that you're comfortable with, right? Yes. A competitive rent. Yes. Right. And then really that might help you get someone interested or get a deal done faster. Exactly. Yeah. It's just an extra bonus in terms of the competitive landscape if you have space that's furnished and the furniture is nice. And then I guess the last point that I would make is understand the market. So whether you are subleasing or leasing, office or industrial, you have to know what the competitive landscape looks like. Yes. So don't try to like formulate a plan in a bubble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rely on your representation. Have good representation. 
either on the listing side for sublease or lease. Yes. Have good representation there that can arm you with information about what market is so that when you come to the table, you come armed and you're ready to go and you're informed, right, on what is reasonable. And we've run into this, like comps are one thing. So that's backwards looking. Yeah. Yeah. That happened in the past. And we find it's still very common these days to focus on comps. But Lori, you and I, we focus more on what are you competing against? What are your top five whatever options are? Because you want to take the approach of like, what's a tenant looking at? Of course. Yeah. What are they touring? What are you up against? That to us, in our opinion, that's more important to focus on Mm -hmm. than past comps. You don't know when, how recent were they? Right. It's more important to just forward look and say, let's capture activity that's going on in the market. Try and get this tenant. Right. Smart. Great advice, Larray. So hopefully that helps our sub-landlord listing friends and our landlord listing friends with their disposition of either office or industrial or for that matter, retail too. I think it's common themes for everyone. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps. If you have any questions, you can always reach us at hello at scoutrealestate.ca. We'd love to hear from you. We would. Or you can find us on LinkedIn. We're pretty easy to get a hold of. So we'd love to hear you. We love feedback. Thanks so much for listening this episode and have a great week. Join us next time when we chat the latest and greatest in commercial real estate. Oh, 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 oh,